Hello, Pac-12 fans, college football fans. However you're a fan and you're watching this, we have a super, super fun little segment we're gonna do for you. You may or may not remember, but last year I did a solo Pac-12 fantasy draft. It was super fun, super cool. I got all the picks I wanted, it was great, right? So this time I decided to invite some friends with me. I'm your host, Kayla Olin. This is Sports Illustrated's On Second Thought with the Husky Maven channel. With me, we have a bunch of people, so I'm gonna go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Warren, we'll go ahead and start with you, and then we'll go to Trevor, Nick, and Mark. All right, thanks, Kayla. Glad to be on this uh, second year of the Pac-12 Fantasy League. And uh, yeah, my name is Warren Maynard. I am the host of a little podcast called The Dog and Duck Show. Uh, I'll let my co-host introduce himself next, but uh, longtime dog fan, Grew up to go into all the games, uh, was a part of the, uh, the Husky Na National Championship run uh, before uh, taking about a 20-year hiatus living in the Southeast and uh, have been a season ticket holder the last five years and uh, fully engulfed in uh, all things Husky over the last 30 years or so. And I'm Trevor Mueller. Um, I wear a lot of hats at, at Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. Um, most recently, I'll be uh, doing some high school football games with former Husky DeAndre Campbell. We're going to be going to a game a week. Uh, we'll be calling a live broadcast on that. Uh, me and my other half, Jake Grant, we have um, Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. And as soon as he gets back from uh, – Visiting family in Ohio, we'll be starting that up twice a week. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're doing there. Yeah, I'm Nick Cooper. I'm, you know, I guess the lone um, non-media or podcaster of the group. But I graduated from podcast. UW. Had I had a podcast. is the Purple Rain podcast with Alex Fan. I mean, if you guys love it, I don't know, maybe, you know, let me know and we can see if we can bring it back. But uh, I graduated from UW in 2019 and. Um, I'm excited to be part of this draft. And we have our lone wolf himself over there. That's right. Um, I'm Mark Schmore, and I am the co-host of the Dog and Duck Show with uh, Warren Maynard. I am the duck in that equation, which means I am the only uh, duck fan of any sort in this group for this draft. And I was told that I would have a fair shot. And I was also told that I would be picking fifth out of five contestants. So I'm already kind of starting to question, you know, the mechanics of bringing in the one duck into the, into the draft with Husky fans, but uh, I'm, I'm going to come out swinging. For full disclosure, I recorded my phone doing a draft randomizer and sent it out to everybody so everyone could see. And when it happened, I knew something was going to be said about that yeah. one. It's just the odds. The odds, Mark. <laughs> you know, we just don't know how many how many draft randomizers you recorded and didn't send before you got the one that, that landed me in fifth. But that's fine. That's fine. I mean, out of all 17, I was never first. So I have <laughs> <laughs> Right. Perfect. So right away, we're going to go ahead. For everybody just kind of curious on how this is going to go, no benches. We're only doing some starters. There's also no flex. We're just going to use that tight end there. So you're going to have a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, a defense slash special teams, and then a kicker as well. This is a snake draft. It's going to be a full PPR. So that's kind of how we're going to really do this. 
We're then going to kind of make it as a best ball league. So the only time you can replace somebody and it's going to be only once, only once is going to be a quarterback. If the quarterback is injured for whatever reason, not if they suck, sorry guys, nah. but <laughs> just for an injury there. And then we're just going to go ahead and look at it at the end of the season to kind of see how it all ended up kind of shaking out for everybody. So with our order, it's kind of hard to see on this video since it is so far away. Trevor will be picking first and then Nick and then Warren myself and then Mark. Snake draft against Warren will get two picks back to back and only lasting eight rounds. So Trevor, you are up first. You are on the board. Awesome. So we were talking uh, with Mark and how he's got to take an Oregon player and he said, you know, he's in this to win it. And so he's going straight odds. And so uh, don't be mad at me, but my first pick is going to be Max Borgie from Washington State. <laughs> so uh, uh, I <laughs> kind of weird going with your uh, crosstown rival with your first pick, but a guy who's been around for a long time has a lot of, uh, you know, he would have stacked up a lot of fantasy points over the last few years. Nick Rolovich running a run and shoot, which maybe gives him a couple more carries. Uh, I'm here for it. I like it. Can't disrespect that one. I know he was at one of my top of, top of the chain, too. So, unfortunately, that one's gone for me. Nick, I'm not sure who you had next. Yeah, so I'm going to stay on that running back trend and go with uh, Jarek Broussard uh, from Colorado. Um, you know, he, he busted out last season. He had, you know, 895 yards and five touchdowns in six games. And, um you know, I just think if he can stay consistent, just like last season, he'll be really good with the full stretch, all conference first team guys. I think it's a pretty safe pick. I do like that pick, Jarek Broussard, running back out of Colorado. Nick, I have a, I have a question for you about Jarek Broussard. Mm -hmm. In my uh, pregame research here, I learned <laughs> that he has had not one, but two ACL tears. Did you know that before now? I'll be honest, no. But I didn't. I didn't know that. But you know, I'm gonna. You know, I think his upside is just too big to pass up. So I'm gonna stick with it. I think Mark was just trying to kind of get you. Out. <laughs> he, he's like, oh, he's got to fall to fifth. So not worried. <laughs> no, but I, I am seeing. Uh, you know, as I mentioned uh, before we went live, I've never been involved in a fantasy football draft. I'm seeing running backs going going first and second here. I did not. Uh, expect that because uh, we're in such a pass-heavy era of college football. So I'm I'm very curious now to see what Warren's going to do with his third pick. I mean, Warren told you to take a kicker, so we'll see. Yeah. What <laughs> right. <laughs> Go with that one. Yeah, for all of our listeners, this is Mark's very first fantasy draft of any kind. So you know, as a any good friend would tell a, a first-time fantasy guy, you always want to go with a kicker in the first round, but I think I'm going to buck that trend. And yeah, this is a, this is a tricky pick because for me, uh, you know, Nick and Trevor, they got the top two guys off the board in my book too. Uh, Broussard and Borgie, those guys are, uh, you know, the closest things to slam dunks in terms of fantasy value in the PAC 12, as far as I'm concerned. So this is where things get really dicey for me because uh, the third guy on my board is none other than C.J. Verdell. And, uh, you know, so as much as it pains me, Mark, in spite of the fact that I'm wearing dog gear, you know, 
I'm going to go for the win, not only because I want to win this league, but I also don't want Verdell to drop down to you at number five. So I'm going to take CJ Verdell at number three. And, uh, you know, if, if he lives up to his own hype, he's proclaiming that he wants to run for 2,000 yards this year. He, he's proclaiming that he wants to win the Heisman. Hey, if he's going to do all that, I want to get a little benefit from it. So I'm taking <laughs> Verdell. I, when I did my individual draft, I had him as my very first pick, first overall first round, and then it really ended up backfiring after <laughs> last season. So I'm glad you took him and didn't put me in the position where I was going to maybe have to take him. Warren, I think there's a chance uh, fantasy points wise that he doesn't even get more fantasy points than his backup, Travis Dye, who is a really dynamic receiver as well as a uh, a quick runner. So uh, I'm delighted that you took CJ Verdell. I'm delighted you have to root for him all season. And I'm, <laughs> I'm also delighted in that uh, I, I think the depth of the Oregon backfield is, is going to work against you in, in the best way. You may certainly be right. <laughs> I will tell. That's why I'm really looking forward to kind of going back and looking at all of this. It's going to make that Oregon UW rivalry game a little bit interesting on who Warren decides to kind of cheer for there. We right? know he'll take the loss. Oh, that week. Trust me, my fantasy is worthless in the 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 game <laughs> against the Ducks. Trust me, that's <laughs> not going to be a concern whatsoever. It is literally how fantasy works, right? And right. for my pick, I'm going to kind of stay on this running back train. I'm going to go with Rashad White out of Arizona State. I think he is one of the most dynamic runners in the conference. He can get some catches. He'll get that handoff in the backfield. Not to mention he was the player with the most 50-plus yard plays out of last season. Needless to say, it's a COVID season. Not everybody was playing or as many games, but still. That meant a little bit something to me. And like I already said, those were my first two gone. So I got to go with my third one with Rashad White. So that's who I'm going with. Good pick. I was very close to taking him. Mark. Yeah, I see. Uh, I had my note for Rashad White was that he averaged 10 yards per carry last season. And I think if he does that again this season, uh, Kayla's probably going to win the trophy. Uh, yeah. That's a good number. Uh, so I see four running backs off the board, uh, which is, again, curious to me. I am going to buck the trend in multiple ways, and this may be a terrible fantasy strategy, but I'm going to... Uh, I really do want to pick something of the Ducks to root for. Uh, I had hesitations about C.J. Verdell because I'm not sure how many carries he's, he's going to get with that backfield. I had hesitations about the receivers. I don't really know who's going to be starting a quarterback by midseason. So I'm just going to go all in and get the Oregon defense. Kayvon Thibodeau. Justin Flo, Noah Sewell. I'm just I'm, – I'm wrapping my arms around the defense and the special teams – and I'm trusting that it's a bounce back year for the Oregon D and it, it gives me a, a strong rooting interest that's aligned with, uh, with who I am. And I, I also think it's the good pick. I think there's a chance. Uh, I think they, they, there's an argument they have the most talented defense on the field. So um, I, do I need a pause now, Kayla, for everybody to tell me what a bad pick that is before I make my sixth pick? I mean, I'm just going to throw out there that the person helping me does like six fantasy teams per year, and he's just dying laughing over there in the corner right now. 
I'm just, you can't hear him, but I have to just make that known. That's great. That's great. Uh, Mark, I, I will tell you that that was a, a rookie move. There's, there's no doubt about it. So. And is that because of how defense is valued in the fantasy football world? Yeah, he, yeah. Mark is going to win the entire thing, and then come next season, we're all right. taking defense in the first. Exactly. Round. So yeah, so, unless unless Oregon is the 2000 uh, Baltimore <laughs> Ravens, uh, you know they're 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 probably uh, not going to win you the league. So it's it's not only a competition that devalues the offensive line; it apparently devalues the entire <laughs> defense as well. That's. Is yeah. oh, okay. That's wonderful. Now, the, the if, good news you is you had, get a second pick in a row. Yeah. If you had a guy like Dante Pettis on your team that was returning four or five touchdowns uh, a year, you know there there could be some additional value there. But uh, you, you probably aren't going to get that kind of production from your special teams. It's yeah, a, I'm. I'm. I'm feeling good about back it. Next pick after that. Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. And I'm going to I'm gonna keep going with the unorthodox. I'm not going to take a running back like everybody else. I'm going to go straight for the quarterback. I'm going to go for the preseason all-pack 12 quarterback who averaged over 300 passing yards a game, which I apparently know nothing about how fantasy stats are tabulated, but I'm guessing that adds up to something good. So I'm going to take, as much as it pains me to say this, I'm going to take Keaton Slovis yeah. from USC as my quarterback. I'm not opposed to that. I think the, especially if you kind of see in fantasy, all of the top, top quarterbacks will go in that second round for sure for people who right. actually want to lock them down. So I'm not opposed to him. Well, thank you yeah. for your approval. It's <laughs> a good pick. Perfect. All right. For me, I'm going to go ahead and kind of take one that I think is going to get me a lot of fantasy points. And obviously, I love the kid. I'm going to go with the tight end here. I'm going to take Kate Otten. I, I that's a nice pick. That's, that's a homer pick. But, uh, you know, uh, you got you to go with the guy that's first in your heart, right? He's definitely led in at UW with receiving. So even you take out all of the receivers, he still uh, had the most receiving yards for Washington. And I fully believe that John Donovan is really going to cater some of those play calls to Kate Otten because he is such a big boy. He's a great blocker and he's one of the tight ends, especially going into that draft class this next season for 2022. Right. And even just, you know, in three games last year for UW, you saw Dylan Morris as the new quarterback, you know, he was, the, Kate Otten was the safety guy. So anytime, you know, he's under pressure, he's going to be looking for, for Otten, who, you know, like you said, he's great just in his own right. But, you know, having those extra extra receptions based off of that is, is a great pick. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I agree. In fact, I was at the Husky practice today and uh, they they finished up the fourth quarter drill with a Kate Otten touchdown from, from Dylan Morris. So that's definitely going to be Morris's main target. And uh, I think he's going to be very productive from that tight end position this year. So good. It's like taking Travis Kelsey in real fantasy. He's going to go early because it. If you get Travis Kelsey production out of K. Dotton, we're all going to be smiling from ear to ear. So that's that's a that's a great insight. Well, uh, you know, keeping with fantasy uh, strategy, I'm going to take what I believe to be the or who I believe to be the the top wide receiver. Uh, off of the board 
which is uh, Drake London from USC. Um, I heard um, John Wilner say that he believed that Drake London is the most talented offensive player in the Pac-12 this year. Um, he's playing in a pass-heavy offense with that USC air raid. Um, so for me, that feels like a really safe, strong pick to take the number one receiver off of the number one passing offense in the Pac-12 going into this year. I was personally torn between taking Kate Auden and Drake London because both are going to do outstanding things number-wise from a fantasy perspective. So I definitely like that pick. Warren, what makes me uncomfortable about this is now both of our fates are aligned towards rooting for USC to do well. And uh, I just, I have a feeling that's, that's not a good thing for either of us. <laughs> he doesn't play USC for Warren's sake though. Mark, there's, there, there's a lot that you have to learn about conflicting feelings with fantasy football. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. I don't know, Nick, we'll see if he has conflicting feelings come this next pick. <laughs> so yeah for my next pick I'm gonna go back to the running back and go with Austin Jones from Stanford um, you know 550 yards last year nine touchdowns in six games um, you know Stanford is kind of that old school um, team with a lot of you know multiple tight end sets you know run the ball pretty heavily and you know, he's a bigger back. I think he can get over a thousand yards this year and definitely get the ball anywhere near the end zone. I like that pick. I mean, it crushes me. You're <laughs> <laughs> remembering what he did to Washington, which I think what makes it such a good pick with what he did to one of the best defenses in the country. I fully think that you got a good deal on him. Thank you. Welcome. I agree. Trevor, are you okay, so running backs? Or are you going to break the mold? So I, I don't know if you guys have uh, heard of the psalm uh, as the dog returns to his vomit, but I'm going right back to this team that uh, every year when we do our preview, I think they're going to be better than they are. And I think UCLA. they're going to That's right, baby. I'm going back to the druthers. I'm going to take Dorian Thompson Robinson. I definitely think that, I mean, you were high, high. For people who didn't really get to watch the Sports Illustrated shows or listen to Trevor's podcast, he was huge on DTR, that quarterback position. You know, every time he was like, I'm on this hype train. I'm on the hype train. I'm going to personally lead it. So I'm, I think there's a little bias in that one there, Trevor. I don't know. I'm going to keep the bias going with my next pick, too, and take Terrell Bynum so I have somebody to root for. <laughs> mm. Okay. You know, that's, I think that's a good pick, Trevor, because, um, you know, none of our skill players got a lot of preseason love because nobody really knows who the number one guy is. Nobody knows who the number one running back is, the number one receiver. But I think over the last few weeks, Bynum's made it pretty clear. Out of the receivers, he's the number one guy. And I think he's going to give you a lot of production in that spot. Yeah, and that's what I based it on, too, because, you know, Adunze and McMillan are kind of right there as well. But right. if just reading the, the, the clippings, I mean, it's, yeah. Morris has found a, a home at, at, with him at wide receiver. 
Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. I think that one's a little bit of a dicey choice just because oh, Washington, yeah. Washington is so up in the air on who their top players are going to be, whether they're going to run for 500 yards in a game and pass for 10 or vice versa. That's That one just makes me a little nervous for you, Trevor. Yeah, I'm going to get the hat that says damn the run ball and see if it goes <laughs> out. <laughs> Well, I was in a, I was in an airport earlier this week and I picked up a Athlon Sports College preview and looked it over on the plane to kind of prepare for this draft. And they have like position rankings, you know, uh, they rank the wide receiver units for for each team. And uh, and Washington was was down on the list a little bit. And then I, I started making my notes and I had all of these guys with question marks, like who is going to be the number one guy. Right. And then as I kept going, my notes for Oregon State is, why are Washington's receivers ranked above Oregon State? And then my notes for Colorado, why are Washington's receivers ranked above Colorado? <laughs> like, the more I was digging into it, I was like, I don't like, understand the optimism around Washington receivers. So uh, I, I admire, admire the courage very much, Trevor. <laughs> oh, it's a homer pick. At least he's honest, right? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I get it. it is it that, you know, we have a UW bias, but I don't think it's a bad pick. I think it's, I think it's going to pan out for you. I don't know, Nick, you have two running backs. You're done with those. What do, I'm curious to see what you focus on next. Yeah. I'm kind of a little torn here, but you know, I think I got to get him while he's still there. So I'm going to go with uh, Jaden Daniels from Arizona state at quarterback. Um, you know, especially for a fantasy draft, getting someone who's dual threat who can, you know, get you points on the ground since you only need 10 rushing yards for a point compared to, you know, more passing yards. I think he'll, you know, be solid passing, get the TDs there. But, you know, the fact that he can also, you know, get those running yards is, um, you know, the reason I'm taking him now. I like Jane Daniels. I think that's a, a great one who's going to get you your points passing, but then he definitely runs it enough into the end zone to get you those extra six, that's for sure. Nick, this right. is an honest question and not an attempt to troll here. Mm -hmm. uh, because I was, I was considering Jaden Daniels when I went with my own pick, and mm -hmm. I have so much reservations about the Arizona State situation with all of mm -hmm. the, the drama. Is there any part of you that's worried this could just kind of be making up for a season from hell for the Sun Devils? Or because... the there's a lot of people that are really high on them from a talent perspective. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people think they could be a real contender to, to win the conference. Is it just a matter of, of the upside is too great and compared to the other quarterbacks on the board or, or do you have a little hesitation? Um, of course there's that little hesitation, but like you just said, compared to the other quarterbacks on the board, I think, mm. you know, he's just a level above, you know, some of the other guys on, um, you know, some of the other mid-tier teams, you know, Oregon, don't necessarily know who's going to be the guy yet there. I know Charlie Brewer's in a little bit of a competition. Um, and so, you know, just going down the line, I think I got to get him and have that upside while, I, while he's available. I also think it's kind of important to note for people who are big fantasy players, uh, you don't lose yards for quarterbacks in the NFL when they get sacked because we're going strictly off of college football stats and how those would play out we are going to be taking off points for sacks in terms because it goes against them rushing and mm -hmm. so having a running quarterback like that Nick is going to be great because you won't have those you know <laughs> negative sacks right exactly 
for me, I am going to try and get a lot of playmaker. Oh, you had something to say. Uh, isn't it my pick? Oh, yeah. Dang. Yeah. If you take who I want to take, I might cry. So please don't. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Talk about pressure. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, we've got one duck. But by the way, we also have one woman in this group, too. So, you know, that there's definitely some disparity here as well. Um, well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go pure strategy. Uh, and so I don't think this is going to break your heart, Kayla, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and take my second wide receiver in Kyle Phillips. No! <laughs> is that who you were going after? Honest to God, that is who I was going to take. Uh, wh wh what is the significance of that to you? I think he's very productive. He was the second highest rated receiver from Pro Football Focus from last season. And that yeah. knowing their calculations and logistics that go into all of those grades, that yeah. is huge. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to break your heart, Kayla. <laughs> I thought it was going to be somebody a little bit more personal, like a, a Husky or something. Oh, I am all about competition here. <laughs> all okay. about competition here. Okay. <laughs> Warren, one question about the about the Kyle Phillips pick. The note the note that I had on him is that he only averaged nine point seven yards per catch last season, which strikes me as particularly low for a receiver. Now, again, I don't know how fantasy points work. Right. Maybe you get more points for an eight yard catch than a fifteen yard catch. But is that <laughs> did that go into your uh, decision making at all? Uh, no, honestly, uh, you know, I think for me, I, I was looking at uh, who are who are the guys that are expected to be the most productive in terms of catches and yards? Um, and so Mark, with it being a PPR point per reception league, um, you know, you want to get guys that are getting a high volume of, of receptions as well as, you know, I mean, if you've got a guy that can average 20 yards a, a catch um, and he's getting the ball five, five times a game, go for it. But if he's just the guy that streaks down once or twice a game, it, it's a, those guys are kind of feast or famine type of guys. So yeah, that's that. And you know, that's why I went with, with Phillips. And honestly, you know, I looked at the rankings and who, who people thought were going to be the most productive. Uh, I now have the number one and number two wide receivers in the PAC 12, as far as my estimation, uh, you know, thus far i absolutely agree and so because you took mine i will stick with wide receivers though i'm also going to go with somebody like you were saying who will get you a lot of numbers and production and catches and everything like that and so with that i'm gonna go with uh kikoa crawford from cal he came in started in all four games uh, started in all four games and went ahead and solidified himself as the bears number one receiver and having a quarterback like Chase Garbers who can sling the ball, who is comfortable, is a veteran, has some familiar familiarity, I feel confident in taking him. He also has a great name. Yeah. Which I think should factor into these decisions. Only, a, yeah, slightly a lot, <laughs> right? Slightly a lot. I love it. So I have two more picks coming now. Yeah, you gonna uh, take your kicker now? 
All right. So uh, I have I have stayed away from from the running back position under uh, a potentially misguided strategy of of equating uh, fantasy football to actual football that I watch. But now I'm feeling like I need to get some uh, get some running backs. So um, I'm going to go go to my old uh, my old pal Chip Kelly and I'm going to say this is the year UCLA Mm -hmm. breaks through. We get a little bit of that that running game going that he used to have in his Oregon heyday. And so I'm going with Britton Brown of UCLA, averaged 6.6 yards a carry last season. Uh, once again, I, I think UCLA is a, is a candidate to kind of have a breakthrough. I know Chip needs it. So I'm going to go with Britton Brown uh, as, my, um, as my pick there. And I think I'm going to stay on the running back train. And I'm going to make uh, make a pick of a guy who had some injuries last year, but Christopher Brown Jr. of Cal ran for almost a thousand yards in 2019, missed most of last season, just had a handful of carries. So I'm rolling the dice. I have not talked to his doctors. I don't know what his health <laughs> status is, but I'm just I'm trusting that he's going to be healthy. And I I feel like I've got uh, two running backs that are uh, are going to produce produce well for me. So I'm. I'm pleased. Had had to quickly jump on that running back train there. Yeah. I'm kind of going to go the same route, and I'm going to clear out my running back spot now, and I'm going to go ahead and take somebody who is probably going to be almost, I think, a sleeper. He does have a lot of high regards coming into this season, but was a little bit more unknown to Pac-12 fans just because He is coming from the Texas Longhorns with about 2,300 yards, 17 touchdowns in three seasons. I'm going to go ahead and go with Keontae Ingram out of USC. Help me, (laughs) you know, root for USC and running backs, right? Makes it a little easier. Washington's not playing them, but that's kind of how I'm going to go ahead and do that. I think he's going to be a workhorse for sure under Clay Helton. That was the name I was debating in the pick I just made. He He was on my radar as well. Mm. Yeah. Good picks. Good picks. Okay. Um, so now I'm at a point of a strategic decision here. And uh, I think I think I'm going to go uh, with my quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I am making this pick because he is the highest rated quarterback on my board. And, and I'm taking Dylan Morris to uh, – to be my QB. Uh, I like everything that I've seen and heard from him in camp. Um, There's a lot of teams that I think are still, there are still quarterback battles taking place. So I felt, I felt a little bit um, uneasy, you know, picking a Stanford quarterback because I don't know if West or McKee is going to win that. I wasn't sure exactly where, um, you know, where Utah was going to land with, with Brewer. Um, Chase Garbers was, was a guy that I considered, but, um, you know, his production has been off and on. And, uh, yeah, and so I'm, I'm going Demo. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trusting in that big offensive, offensive line to protect him. And, um, you know, I'm just praying that John Donovan does a little something to open this offense up and uh, break out the 80% of the playbook that didn't get touched last year. So, 
So yeah, I'm going. I'm going Demo with my QB. I respect it. Yeah, and I think you know, just like Caleb's pick with K. Dotton, you know, he's going to be there as a big target, and you know, we may not have you know, you know, a lot of wide receivers are up in the air, but just the fact that Jimmy Lake has really kind of emphasized you know the wide receivers and all the things those guys are working on in camp, I think. Um, you know, they're just going to continue to get better. So if, you know, potentially better wide receiver targets, I think it's a, it's a good pick as well. And then, all right. Oh, I guess you pick a Husky quarterback is all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw your eye roll from here. Don't, don't forget, Mark, that my first overall pick was C.J. Burdell. Right. I mean – Yep. Talk about just repeatedly jabbing myself in the heart, but <laughs> I had to do it. All right. And coming back around to me, um, you know, I think I got to go wide receiver this time and, you know, I'll go with the guy who, you know, you know, injuries scare me a little bit, but you know, someone who everyone knows with a ton of experience and does it all I'll go with Britton Covey from Utah, um, especially in a PPR league where, you know, he's going to, you know, he can be a short yardage guy, a screen guy, um, you know, who even have some chances in the return game. Um, you know, kind of surprised he hasn't gone yet, but um, I kind of had the third best wide receiver on my board. And so, you know, after Warren, you took, uh, you know, the top two. I think Covey's going to be the next best. The, the human pinata. <laughs> my list is that his freshman year was in 2015. That was <laughs> six years ago. This Lord help this kid. Like you're gonna go like break a hip. Like uh, don't, don't call him. Don't call him a kid, Kayla. Uh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. a senior citizen. <laughs> so that there has there has never been a person in my lifetime who has taken such a repeated beating like Britton Covey. Uh, you know the the Huskies have laid the wood on him so many times. And that dude just keeps getting back up. So I've got mad respect for Britton Covey. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to go on a little bit of run of Utes right here. We're going to be the running Utes. I'm going to take um, – uh, I'm going to take TJ Pledger um, running back. Uh, obviously, through horrible circumstances, there's uh, there's some – you know, Ty Jordan's not there anymore, and that's that's really too bad. And uh, the thing is, is that offense is such a – it's a pro-style offense. And so with that, we have a running back on off the board. Then we're going to go Brent Keithy. I like it. I think taking that tight end there with Brent Keithy, have it, he's, he's stellar. He is stellar. He was single-handedly beating Washington last season. I remember. Great hands, great runner, great blocker all around. Good athlete. All right. I think with my next pick, I'll, uh, it's a tough one for me, but I'll go with Johnny Johnson, the third from Oregon. Um, you know, two years ago, you know, 2019, he was super productive. A little bit worried with the quarterback situation, um, especially if they, you know, the QB is a little more, uh, dual threat there, but you know I think he's going to be the top guy for for the Ducks this year. I'm just saying, Nick, I'm very proud of you for taking a duck. It was a it was a tough choice. <laughs> I feel obligated to to weigh in on any picks. Oh yeah, with Oregon guys and uh, Nick. I think 
I think you're right that he's going to be the most productive Oregon guy. My concern with him was kind of similar to my concern with CJ Verdell is I think Oregon does have a lot of depth at, at receiver. And so my only concern just from a fantasy perspective is does he get the same? Cause I think, yeah, he had like 57 catches a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, but they've added a lot of depth at that position that they didn't have a couple of years ago. So I hope this is a great pick for you. I really do. And, uh, <laughs> I probably would have snagged him when it came came back around to me, but uh, but that was the one thing in the back of my mind. Yeah, of course, and but you know, hopefully, you know, with that depth, I mean, one of the big things is you know who's the best defensive back on the other team going to be on, and so you know if if teams have to spread it around a little more, you know, hopefully he'll get open. Yeah, totally. Warren, big decision yeah. time. You're done at wide receivers. You got a quarterback and you got a running back. Yeah, this, this draft so far is really playing well for me. Um, the top remaining uh, tight end, actually my number two tight end overall was Greg Dulcich from uh, UCLA. And uh, so for me to get him in uh, round five is uh, a steal. So I'm taking Greg Dulcich. Um, honestly, I only had three tight ends rated in this thing. So if somebody had picked, uh, Dulcich ahead of me, I would have been scrambling to try to figure out who to take. Uh, so yeah, he's my, he's my number two overall tight end, but uh, glad to, glad to get him in this round. What a roll of the dice you were taking with that one. <laughs> and I will say that uh, that was going to be – that's who I was debating between is uh, yeah. Dolchich and Johnson. And so I uh, got a little lucky there on that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Warren already took one of mine. So I really would have <laughs> paid the favor there, Nick. That would have been really lovely to do. <laughs> Uh, this next one, it's a pretty rookie move in terms of when you are having a fantasy draft, but because we're only doing starters mm-hmm. and just looking at what positions are taken, what's left, who's left, uh, have to be a little bit smart about this. And with that, I'm going to go with the defense because in college football, there's a lot more, I think, production from the defense in terms of big plays that they make, takeaways that they get. You see it a lot more. Got to go to Washington, you know, allowing the least amount of points per game in the conference. You have so many big playmakers, so many starters. And with that, I just kind of want to put my eggs in the basket where I think I'm going to get some points every game instead of negative because I got, I lost a playoff game because I had one certain defense that only they had to get me one point. One point was all they needed to get me. They got me like negative two. And so with that, I am going with uh, Washington's defense. I, uh, I I support putting all your eggs in the defensive basket when it comes to fantasy football. That's all. <laughs> First round, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, coming back to me, it's interesting what, what Warren just said about the tight end position. I also had those three guys uh, as kind of the clear top three. Um, and then I had a lot of guys where I was like, man, don't, don't, don't expect much from them at all. Uh, so I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer on one of my ducks here. DJ Johnson is a converted uh, defensive lineman, was a defensive end as a freshman, they moved him to tight end last year. He was the backup 
to Hunter Campmoyer. So, uh, you know, that obviously um, put a limit on his production, but he, he still had uh, 10 receptions in four games uh, for over 100 yards. My thinking is now that he is the starter over the course of an entire season uh, in that offense, uh, especially with the depth of receiver that we've talked about, I think he's going to get a lot of chances uh, to make plays. He is a, a very productive threat around the goal line, had three touchdowns in four games last year. So I'm, I'm going with DJ Johnson as my tight end and am excited to have another duck on the team. And that leaves me to uh, really addressing the, the receiver position, which I have been uh, slow to do. And gosh, I've got all kinds of questions about every receiver on the board, but I think um, this might be a little of overreach, but I like, I like supporting the Beavers as well. Trevon Bradford had 59 catches the last full season that he had. Uh, which is really productive. They've added another receiver. Oregon State did a, a transfer from Florida State named Treshawn Harrison. I think that will only help Bradford's production. The Beavers had a bit of a breakthrough last year, uh, as evidenced by their win over my Ducks. And so I'm, I'm going to think that uh, former Husky coordinator Jonathan Smith keeps that going in Corvallis and that Trevon Bradford benefits. I'm, I'm taking him as my first receiver. That's a good one. I He was definitely on one of my questionables only because I felt like there was a lot more playmakers that, you know, were almost kind of how you were saying question marks and not really sure who's going to emerge as kind of that top person was my only concern with him kind of going into this draft. Yeah. That being said, I'm also going to take a wide receiver and this one's going to pain me a little bit too because He's out of Stanford. It's going to be Michael Wilson uh, having over a thousand yards to his name. It kind of made sense. And then after having such a good fall camp, really almost solidifying himself as a wide receiver, one, maybe two, sets him up in a good position, especially because Stanford, I think, is going to be a little bit more pass heavy after losing some key players in the run game and everything like that. So with that, I'm going to go Michael Wilson. Good pick. Yeah, I don't think you should feel bad about that pick at all. I mean, uh, a little bit, but. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because Stanford is a team that, like, we really don't have any natural animosity to, and that seems to bite us in the butt every single year. So, it's like, oh, yeah, Stanford's two and three. We should kill them this year. And then it's like Stanford runs the, the Stanford strategy against UW, and we mm -hmm. never change. So here's to this year. We're, it's basically the Mike Leach concept. Right, in, in reverse. Yeah. yeah. All of us Husky fans were nodding on like, yeah, we don't learn. We don't right. learn. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All oh, I can say is three DTs, three DTs. That's what we need against Stanford. Clog the middle and force them to beat us on the outside. All right. Uh, well, speaking of DTs, uh, one school that has uh, made a name for themselves over the last, you know, 10 years or so as a tough defense 
special teams type of school. It's none other than Kyle Whittingham's Utah. Um, they play great defense. We know that year in, year out. It doesn't matter who they turn over. They're always going to have a tough defense. They've got the most dynamic uh, special teams player in the Pac-12 in Britton Covey. Um, so I'm going to take uh, Utah as my defense and, um, uh, yeah, roll the dice with, with those guys once again. If you ever take Utah's defense, I don't think it's ever really going to hurt you unless it's in a Pac-12 championship game. Uh, well, even in that, I mean, oh, uh, yeah, except for against Oregon one time, right? That was when they kind of pooped the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Nick. Okay. Definitely gone full offense. Oh, yeah. Two running backs, two receivers, and a quarterback. I'm kind of curious to see if you stick with that offense side. I'm going to go well, just against my normal fat fantasy strategy, but – you know, with no other tight ends really separating themselves, I'm actually going to go with Jaden Redding, the kicker from Utah. Um, you know, he was eight for eight last year. Utah always has a great special teams. And so, you know, as far as best available, I think, you know, besides the defense, this guy is, uh, you know, solid as ever. I like it. He was one of my top fives. <laughs> right, exactly. Got that there, Trevor. You've gone pretty much all offense as well. Two running backs, receiver, quarterback, and a tight end. Yeah, and I was really hoping that everybody was going to start taking their defenses the second to last round. I was really hoping Utah was still going to be there. Uh, by the time I got there, I died a little inside Warren, so appreciate that. Uh, obviously can't take Oregon. Washington's, Washington is gone. Uh, I'm going to roll the dice with uh, Arizona State. Um, I mean, it's it's close to an NFL style down there. They rarely lose by more than seven to ten points. Um, so, we'll, it, it, that's either going to be an okay pick or it's going to be a garbage pick because they're going to be a dumpster fire. So, really, I, I don't, I don't really – can a whole defense get injured and I can switch it out later in the season? <laughs> no. Yeah, I think there might be a a chance that happens, even though uh, – If a coach gets fired, you get a new defense. Is that the deal? Only replacing quarterbacks and one time only, so. <laughs> okay, uh, and then for uh, my other – I feel like I'm going heavy Coog, but uh, I'm going to take uh, another Coog here. And um, with the injury to Renard Bell, I'm going to go with Travell Harris. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, Washington State puts up, had traditionally put up numbers. Uh, Rolovich is an offensive, uh, has that offensive system. So I'm hoping he's able to be more of a feature and, and we're not going to spread it around as much with, you know, their number one target gone. I got to say, I like that pick, Trevor. I had my eye on, I was hoping uh, Travell Harris slipped to me because the stat that I loved about him is uh, he had a couple touchdown receptions as a receiver, but also a couple touchdown receptions 
as a rusher, you know, lining up in different formations. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great pick, but I also want to thank you for pointing out that there was an injury to Renard Bell because I did not know that and probably would have taken him next. <laughs> you know, uh, thank you, Trevor. <laughs> I, I'm married to an Oregon fan. So every once in a while, I got to throw you guys a bone. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Wow. We might have to have you, you and your wife on the dog and duck show. Uh, you know what? We'll be there. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, from a, like the number one wide receiver from a high, uh, pro, you know, proficiency, high octane offense, even if the guy doesn't have a lot of name recognition, he's going to get his touches and he's going to get you a lot of points. So I think it's a, it's a brilliant pick. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And uh, to get on with my next pick, I'll go with the uh, Cal defense. Um, you know, I really like Justin Wilcox, liked him at UW. He's a defensive-minded guy. And so, you know, they're pretty consistent every year, good linebackers. Um, they've been doing, you know, really good with their defensive backs too. And so, you know, with them left on the board, I'll, I'll go ahead and take them. Yeah, the ghost of uh, Gerald, uh, what was their <laughs> defensive back's name? Uh, defensive Gerald back. Alexander. Gerald Alexander. Those yeah. guys are still there, man. They're still going to be exactly. uh, up there on the top of the list when it comes to turnovers. And it, I feel like they just get scarier and scarier every year, too, <laughs> in terms of how well their defense does perform. I think that they perform better against really, really good teams. And then mm -hmm. for some reason, they don't against other teams that, you know, you kind of – would expect them to do really well and so it'll be interesting they click in the middle of the night too man at two in the morning they're unstoppable <laughs> oh yeah i i think it's worth noting that now that we've all drafted a defense uh that none of us picked usc and that that makes total sense that none of us picked usc and is there a greater indictment of <laughs> the clay helton era at usc that in doing a fantasy draft like this you know, that there's five defenses that get picked ahead of the USC defense. Like that should, that should never happen at USC. And I think that's what makes this so interesting to do it is just because, I mean, we all want to be a little biased and say, you know, like, oh, I picked Washington because I'm a Husky fan, but no, like you have stats to support it. And the fact that all of us just have so little confidence in that USC defense sometimes says, I think a lot about, what this whole fantasy would be like if it was actually a thing right now. There's also an argument to be made that, uh, and this is an indictment on their program. I, I can't stand that a team as talented as USC is running an air raid style system when they have some of the best athletes on this side of, you know, and the, on the West coast uh, it's, you know, Washington state never had great defenses, but they were also those three and outs they're in and off, you know, back on the field real quick. It's, even back when, when Chip Kelly was at Oregon, those defenses would give up chunks every once in a while just because the offense can be on the field for such a short period of time. Yeah. That's a great point. I actually did have USC in my top five defenses, um, but thankfully I got Utah and didn't have to, didn't have to take the chance on, on the Trojans. Um, so this next pick for me is – this is a really this is a really tricky one uh, because I had a strategy going in and uh, it it worked out pretty well to perfection. I took C.J. Verdell 
number one, you know, as I, I kind of figured when I saw that I was the third pick that uh, it would probably be Borgie Broussard, and then I had to make a pick. So I took Verdell, and I was hoping that I'd get to this stage and I would have one of two options to choose from. Either Travis Dye, Verdell's running mate, or uh, Rich Newton. And um, so now I'm really torn because I think Travis Dye is the safer pick. He's the guy that's put up the yards. We know he's going to get a lot of touches alongside of Verdell. He's kind of the handcuff uh, for Verdell. But then, of course, you've got Newton, who by all accounts it seems to be lining up to be the number one running back but we don't really know what a number one running back looks like in a John Donovan offense. Um, and so, you know, I think as much as it pains me to, uh, to surrender taking a UW running back uh, who I like as much as Richard Newton, I'm going to have to go pure strategy and I'm, I'm taking Travis Dye. I love that pick just because if for some reason, CJ Riddell injured last year, if he gets injured again, we already know that Travis Dye can step up and be that go-to. I think it's a wonderful pick, Warren. I, I'd say that thing. I mean, I really do think if you told me at the beginning of the draft, I could have had both of those Oregon guys, I would have felt really good about um, my chances. Cause I think combined, I do think they have the potential to really uh, put up some numbers and, uh, yeah, well done. You're you you played that well. Uh, hats off to you. I'm gonna be strategic now because you all have had a quarterback, so I've been able to kind of sit back and save my quarterback until the very end because I'm just gonna get who I want now. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and take a kicker, and this one's gonna pain me a little bit, but it is going to be out of Oregon. It's gonna be Henry Cadelman. He went. 13 for 13 on extra points, four for four on field goals with a long of 47. So has a leg is accurate. And I, it hurts. It hurts. Mark, I hope you're happy. Uh, well, no, I'm not happy because I was going to pick him, uh, you know, to round it right off. I thought for sure. He was, I was the only one who had him on my radar and he's kind of become a folk hero and, in Eugene, and uh, it's it's the most excited Duck fans have been about a kicker in, in quite some time, and so uh, I don't I don't know that feeling. Sorry, <laughs> I, yeah. I should say that my kicker notes listed four names, and then said definitely not a husky. <laughs> <laughs> that was as far as I got with that research. Thank you. <laughs> You're, that's all you needed to know. Yeah, I think the uh, the pick is fine, but uh, it doesn't really matter who it is. I just never trust an Oregon kicker, so um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have made that pick. Oh man, I have I memories really of Alejandro Maldonado. 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 <laughs> yeah, Alejandro Maldonado missing a field goal against USC in the final seconds uh, at Autzen. So I understand why you would say that, Nick. <laughs> Uh, so I guess now uh, I get two picks to finish out my my team here. So yep, just uh, need a receiver and a kicker. I need a receiver and a kicker, and um, I guess it really doesn't matter what order I take them in now that Henry Cattleman is off the board. So 
Uh, receiver, there's a lot of names I've got here that are just kind of uninspiring. I feel like uh, everybody that I really had an interest in is, is off the board or, as Trevor mentioned, injured. So I'm going to go kind of a wild card uh, in my mind. I'm going to go Brian Thompson from Arizona State. I think if this is a big year for the Sun Devils, if Jaden Daniels has the year that some expect out of him, uh, there's going to have to be some some receiver that is uh, the beneficiary of that. And Brian Thompson actually played four years at Utah, averaged over 25 yards a catch a couple of years ago, and seems to have pretty good volume to match the the output. And and so I'm just kind of banking on him, uh, fifth year senior, just having a big year for a prolific Arizona State team. So I'm going to go with Brian Thompson as my receiver. And then to, to, to finish it off here, I had a kicker from uh, USC and a kicker from Arizona. And I'm trying to debate in my mind, do I take the high octane offense that uh, will probably score more points or the low octane offense that might just be settling for a lot of field goals is kind of um, the strategy that I'm at. But I, I think in this year, I can't quite bring myself to root for anybody from Arizona. It just seems like they're going to be dreadful. And I've already got Keaton Slovis. So I'm going to be kind of rooting for USC to score. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to pull Parker Lewis, the USC kicker, uh, as my final pick. I completely like your thinking with that in terms of, you know, you want – you want field goals in hopes that they make it that far down the field. You know, it's a little bit of A, a little bit of B. So I like your thinking on that one. All right. All right. That concludes, Mark, your Pac-12 fantasy. I'm going to finish up mine with a QB. Kind of glad nobody said him, but honestly, he was at the bottom of my top five quarterbacks. It's going to be Chase Garbers out of Cal. I think he's going to have a very big season. He's very veteran. He knows that playbook, and he is very dangerous with his legs as well. Looking back at that Washington game that, you know, started at 7 p.m. and concluded at almost 3 a.m., Washington got burned with Chase Garbers' legs, and I'm hoping that he gets me some points going that route as well. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick, Kayla. I think um, I think the 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 running yards and the running touchdowns for Garbers will be what gives you any kind of hope of him being really productive. But I don't think it's unreasonable to think that he could average 200 yards passing and 50 yards rushing uh, in a, or not maybe not average, but get you a lot of those types of games. So I think that's a that's a good pick. Uh, Mark, you you made my uh, pick for the the kicker easier. I I did have uh, Parker Lewis uh, rated higher, but now that he's off the board, I am going to make the homer pick and take Peyton Henry uh, for the University of Washington. Uh, you touched on something that I think is pretty relevant when it comes to kickers, and that is, um, you know, what is the red zone efficiency of the offense that 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 kicker plays for and sadly 
the Huskies, we have not been uh, very efficient in the red zone over the last few years, which should mean a lot of field goal opportunities. Sadly, it may mean that there's a lot of games where Henry ends up with four field goals um, and we end up winning a defensive battle, you know, 20 to 14 or something like that. So, uh, yeah, so I'm taking Peyton Henry as my kicker and uh, I'm out. Not gonna lie, I'm a little nervous for you. A little nervous <laughs> for you. All right, and so I think I just have tight end left. Um, you know, the last guy I have on my board is uh, Brady Russell out of Colorado. Um, you know, I think he's a good pass catcher, did pretty well in 2019. Um, he's pro football focused, fourth highest graded tight end um, in the Pac-12. And so, you know, I think of the guys left, I'll, uh, I'll stick with him. Another guy coming off an injury. I think that was the smart pick there, Nick. Yep, yep, I agree. Uh, all right, so obviously I'm going to go with the kicker. Last pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Um, and I got to make sure, uh, did Logan Tyler get picked? No. Kicker from Arizona State. He's a senior. I like pick kickers with experience. I did not predict him being a kicker, so I'm going to pick him a card. That's... How nervous you're making me here, Trevor? L-O-G-A-N, Tyler. <laughs> it's only fitting that that Mr. Relevant, Mr. Relevant doesn't, have doesn't have a card. So, right. you know, it, but which, by the way, let me take this moment to say to Kayla, thank you so much. You did a fantastic job yeah. putting this draft together. The board is amazing. And, um, uh, you know, I'm very impressed. You did a great job. And I know you put a lot of work into this. Thank you. I do appreciate that. I was more than excited to have everybody on, especially being such big fans and people can be fans of Oregon, Washington, but to kind of have us try and put all of our biases aside with everything while we were doing this, I thought was, you know, kind of going to make it a little bit fun and see, you know, will everybody do that? Will somebody actually stick with the Homer route almost and... I don't know. I thought it was, I honestly thought maybe one person might, but that's what's nice about me kind of selecting competitive people is we didn't for the most part. Well, it's hard to do it when you've got four Huskies on the, on the call. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, you're going to get, you're going to get pretty frustrated quickly. I, can I ask a clarification question uh, uh, to Trevor about his last pick? Sure. So I I did not have Logan Tyler on my radar either. Uh, he did not come up in, in the preview that I read. And so I just Googled him. So I, I Googled Logan Tyler kicker. And the first thing that Google comes up is what happened to Logan Tyler? <laughs> oh, no. And then I click on it. No, and it, it, it's, it's not necessarily bad. It says Logan Tyler is a transfer from Florida State. He had a violation of team rules and and oh, yikes. Uh, ended, up, ended up transferring to Arizona State. But the one thing that, that I did note in the sentence is it says Florida State Hunter Logan Tyler. And when I look him up on uh, college football reference, it does look like he attempted three extra points as a freshman, but it doesn't look like he's attempted a field goal the last three years. So I was just... Uh, I was just curious if, if that was part of the uh, All right, so here's, here's the insider information here. Are you ready? 
uh, I didn't know we were doing kickers. I thought they were part of the special teams. So I trusted my Phil, Phil Steele uh, preview, and it has kicker Logan Tyler. He's six foot and he's 200 pounds. There you go. There you go. He's got the dimensions for it then. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. The, it's, it looks like the starting punter for ASU, for anybody who cares, is a guy named Michael <laughs> Turk. So, uh, there you go. But however, well, I've got their number one kicker, according to uh, Athlon, is a freshman named Jack Luckhurst. So if that's bad Luckhurst uh, for him, <laughs> maybe he yeah. loses the job and they, they put your guy Logan Tyler in. and uh, That's what Steele thinks. So I, I, I'll live and die with Phil Steele on this one. Right. Yeah. That, that is the card I made, Mark. I had Jack Luckhurst as a... Uh... Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Card, so, that's awesome. yeah, I had that. Well, I'm going to win the punting yard. So. <laughs> I had written down a note about Arizona's uh, kicker, whose name I'm, I'm reluctant to try to pronounce, but uh, apparently he has range up to 57 yards. And so I thought, oh, somebody will take a flyer on him. But I think we all are just wanting to steer clear of Arizona this year. That was my toss up was between Lucas um, Harvisisk, I think yeah. is his name. Um, that was my toss-up, too, with those two. And I was just like, Arizona. <laughs> well, hey, Caleb, before we wrap up, maybe we should each uh, do a quick review on our team, who we ended up with, yeah. and what our, what our thoughts are about each squad. So yeah. it makes sense to maybe start with uh, Trevor and just go through to Mark. Yeah, and then I think all of us, we can give, like, unbiasedly, thumbs up, thumbs down, whether we do like that team or yeah. not. All right, so uh, I have, my quarterback is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, my running backs are Max Borgie, TJ Pledger. Run, uh, receivers, Terrell Bynum, Terrell, Travell Harris. Tight end, Brent Keithy in defense, Arizona State's. And then kicker is Arizona State's punter. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm either going to – I'll either be – at the top of the list or I'm going to be last. That's kind of how I felt this go. Like if, if Terrell Bynum becomes a, a, a possession receiver, that's, that's a go-to in, in kind of a clutch situations. I could see myself getting points there. Travell Harris, if he takes a big step. Um, other than that, you know, I'm kind of trusting some, a program that I've trusted for a long time and it hasn't really come through for me yet, but uh, I don't give up easily. So DTR has a good year. Uh, I feel good about my running backs. I'm going to be last or first. Uh, I'm Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I think you're going to, I think you're going to ride or die with Max Borgie. Yeah. Uh, you know, if Borgie's probably the closest thing that we have to a Christian McCaffrey in this, in this uh, conference. And if he does what Christian McCaffrey does, you know, with just tons of receptions, you know, lots of, lots of touches, you're going to you're going to have some mega games from from him and he'll carry you in a lot of games. I think your kicker carries you to be honest. <laughs> Overall, I think I give you a thumbs up on that one. I think you have a good good range. All I agree. right. Yeah. Oh, sorry Nick. No, you go go ahead. You're good. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I agree with your um, diagnosis, Trevor. I think it's a feast or famine, especially with the Arizona State defense and, yeah. and DTR at the quarterback. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see both of those things pan out really well for you. And I do think 
you played that um, that Washington State card really well by identifying the receiver that was injured, which I didn't even know about. I don't know if everybody else knew he was out, but then but then pulling in these two multi-threat guys that the Cougars are going to rely on even more. Uh, it's kind of like Warren pairing up C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye, I think, to have both Borgie and Harris. Uh, I think that should pan out for you. Even if Washington State's not very good, I, I could see both of those guys racking up some numbers for you. I mean, they're, it's like recession-proof. If they're down big, yeah. they're going to get receptions. If they're up, they're going to get carries. Garbage. That's, that's McCaffrey. Yep, that's McCaffrey. It's good. Nick, let's okay. So uh, running down my team at quarterback, I have Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Um, my running backs are Jarek Broussard and Austin Jones. Wide receivers, Britton Covey and Johnny Johnson. Defense, Cal, tight end, Brady Russell, and kicker, Jaden Redding. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with my team. I think uh, there is some risk with injuries, you know, as, you know, Mark kind of touched on and just, you know, guys coming back. But, um, you know, I got two running backs that I really liked and I'm hoping they'll kind of carry my team. And if everyone can stay healthy, you know, I think I should have a pretty good year. Only other concern for me is, you know, I don't have a lot of guys from, you know, the top teams in the conference and just so, you know, kind of risking it with Stanford or Colorado and Utah kind of, you know, seeing how those teams will do, uh, I think will play a factor in it. I think if, if you're healthy, you're going to be in good shape. Um, I mean, I mean, Colorado was four and two last year. Like they, true, they they weren't they weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. Um, I didn't watch a ton of Colorado football last year, so I don't know what kind of attrition they have. But um, if Broussard stays healthy, you're going to be in good shape. And, think, and Covey, yeah. Covey 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 will come out with a master's degree, and you're going to come out with a, a big W. <laughs> I love that joke, Trevor. No, I think you did a great job, Nick. I think you picked a lot of people who get the majority and don't really share anything. Mm -hmm. I know I was really nervous when I was looking at things on taking maybe a wide receiver for, or a wide receiver from WSU, for instance, because they don't really run any tight ends in their receiving set. It's all wide receivers. So kind of having to share that wealth. Whereas I think, you know, you pick Britton Covey, somebody who is like the number one, the check down, the John Ross, the Dante Pettis, you know, that type of thing. So I think your picks were very, very strategic and very smart. Yeah, Broussard averaged nearly 150 yards per game rushing last year. Uh, if he can, you know, do that or come close to it, I think it's it's a really solid team. There were a few of your later round picks that I wasn't super jazzed about, but uh, I think you've got some real, real production at the top that, like I said with, with uh, Trevor, you're going to win some games just because of one or two guys just going bonkers on the rest of the league. And the most accurate kicker. So you have that too. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. But Warren, what about yours? Yours you were pretty interesting. On yeah. So uh, my, my team shook out uh, really well for me. Dylan Morris at quarterback. Uh, running backs, the Oregon duo of C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye. Uh, Drake London, the wide, wide receiver out of USC. Kyle Phillips out of UCLA. Uh, Greg Dulcich uh, from UCLA. Utah as my defense. And then uh, my homer pick with Peyton Henry as the, the kicker. 
you know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting as I was preparing for this draft is that the, the number two overall quarterback in terms of yards per game passing returning this year is Dylan Morris. Um, Keaton Slovis, clearly the leader with 320 yards per game, but uh, second to him in returning quarterbacks is Dylan Morris with 225. And I think we can all acknowledge that uh, there's going to be a lot more opportunity, I think, for him to open things up after uh, a year in the program. So I feel really good about that pick. Uh, I think the Oregon Ducks are potentially the, the number one rushing offense in the Pac-12. Um, so I feel good about what they're going to do from a combined production standpoint. And then to get the top two wide receivers in the Pac-12 uh, just feels like a, a, a steal for me. So I'm, I'm thrilled with the team that I got. Uh, and uh, I, I feel like I've got a, a strong chance to win this, this year two of the Pac-12 fantasy draft, fantasy, fantasy league. Yeah, I think your receivers will probably carry you very well just because they are so productive. They are big playmakers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how your running back situation shakes down, you know, whether Oregon decides. And I think Mark can kind of attest to this a little bit better than I can on whether they do want to try and split them if both are healthy or if they kind of want to make one more of a workhorse, one game or vice versa. It seems like Cristobal – it, 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 he's a, I mean, he's offensive lineman, so he loves running the ball. So if you're going to take a handcuff, I don't think there's a better two that you can take that are going to probably both give you points uh, week in and week out, right? Yeah. Uh, according to West Coast College Football, they ranked the top 10 running backs in 2021, and they had C.J. Verdell as number two and Travis Dye at number seven. So to get two of the top seven feels pretty good. That's also making Mark a little happy going into the season, just in general. Yeah. Well, I think what also makes me happy is I, I think if Verdell and uh, Die have the type of season that Warren is hoping they have, then it means that whoever is playing quarterback for the Ducks, which, which looks like Anthony Brown is going to get the start at the beginning of the season, uh, it's going to bode well for that quarterback and so I will actually make the bold prediction that if Anthony Brown uh, starts as many games as Dylan Morris, that he will end up with more fantasy points than Dylan Morris at the end of the season. That's, that's going to be my bold prediction because I, I mean, we're on a Husky podcast, you know, or, or a Husky logo, but I think if I were to replay this to like my duck friends and I just had that quote of Warren's, I feel really good about my team. Dylan Morris is my quarterback that would draw a lot of a lot of laughs from uh, from some of my friends down south. It'd be interesting if you did do that to kind of see how different all of the drafting does go. But I did make an Anthony Brown card, so maybe for this argument's sake, we'll I'll go ahead and kind of keep his numbers going on as well to compare and see. You know, does it change having those running backs there if he is a quarterback? So, Mark, what what's your reason? Like, what where do you think? Anthony Brown is going to produce is it going to be running the ball is it going to be is he a, uh, going to be a passer what, I, well, where do you see those points coming from I think Joe Moorhead I'm, it's a lot of faith in Joe Moorhead as an offensive coordinator that I think he is going to just create a very efficient scheme I think last year the struggles that Oregon had without a 
spring practice without a real fall camp. Like I, I don't put much stock into that. I think Oregon's offensive production as a whole should just be a lot more consistent and a lot more productive. And so I think uh, I would expect that Anthony Brown playing within that kind of an offense is going to have a really good completion percentage. He's going to be spreading the ball around to this bevy of wide receivers. They're going to have him ahead of the chains a lot because that running game hopefully will be, will be picking up yardage. And so, you know, he's going to be throwing out of second and three more than third and 12, like, and I just think uh, th this is all predicated on, on if <laughs> I think if Anthony Brown really struggles, then it's going to, kill your fantasy team because I think teams are going to load up and and stop the run um but I but I do think if uh if everything goes well for Oregon then I think Anthony Brown is going to um to have a, a really big season or he's going to get yanked in the second game and and whoever replaces him is going to have a big season you never know it could happen <laughs> how about you Kayla what how do you feel about your team give us yeah. the rundown yeah, it's hard picking at the fourth position out of five just because, you know, those big running backs kind of go off the board early. But I also was first overall picking in my fantasy draft last year. I had Christian McCaffrey, and he helped me for two games. So, no. <laughs> you know, you never know what happens, right? But sure. with QB having Chase Garbers, feel pretty good about that. Running backs, I have uh, Rashard White and Keontae Ingram. I think both are going to have breakout seasons. So really hoping to kind of get some big things out of them. They're not kind of solidified studs right now, but people with a lot of potential and a high ceiling. My wide receivers with Kakoa Crawford and Michael Wilson, those ones are going to pay me a little bit to cheer for. But I am hoping that they kind of emerge. I don't think they are going to be somebody like, you know, Britton Covey, who's going to be targeted every single time or the first check down or is in every single snap. So that one makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Um, as for tight end, I feel completely confident that Kadon can get me a lot of points to make up for what my other skill players can't produce for me. Um, kicker with uh, Henry Kittleman, I'm happy about. Oregon kind of has games where they'll put up a ton of points and so get a lot of, you know, slow ticks that way. And then with the defense with Washington, I am – very happy with that one and confident that I can get a lot of points from them as well. So my lower half definitely carries me more than the upper half, which is kind of opposite from, you know, a couple other people that have already picked so far. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got a wide receiver at the tight end position. I mean, you, yeah, you're going to put up major points there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chase Garber, like, he he wasn't great last year, but you go back to 2019. He's he's gonna put up fantasy points because he can move the ball right with his legs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, which Chase Garbers am I gonna get? The world, right. I never know. That's you know question. what? You and me either might be fighting for uh, the tops, or we might be fighting for the bottoms. Because if you're if your running backs don't pan out, you're in trouble. But if they do, you're gonna look real good. Our sacco just have to be. You have to wear the other per the other. So either an Oregon shirt or a UW shirt will have That's right. be our sack. I'm okay with that. Well, I think my, my only um, concern about your team is, is I think the Garbers pick was the safe one. And if I was in your position, I probably would have done the same, but I, I look at Charlie Brewer, who's been yeah. a four year starter at Baylor. And I know that 
supposedly he's in a competition and may not be the starter in Utah. And I'm guessing that's why you ultimately didn't pull the trigger on him. But I, I've got to think that his upside is maybe a little, little greater than, than Garber's was. Did that go into your mind as you were thinking about that last pick? Yeah, it actually did. And I was nervous because, you know, we have this rule, you know, only replace your quarterback if injured. If he doesn't start, then, you know, mm-hmm. uh-oh, like help mm-hmm. me there. That had something to do with it. And then also I feel with transfers, it takes a little bit of time to adjust to uh, Kyle Whittingham's playbook and offense. And I didn't want to kind of waste a few games getting his feet wet and then in the rhythm of it. So I kind of went with my safe choice, my tail, my legs on that one for sure. Because the other, my other top four, that was my five was the other four that y'all chose. Right. You know, the other one, the other one that I think, um, you know, was a was a risky but high upside pick would have been Jaden Delora from from Washington State. He's my guy too. You know, we know that that offense is going to produce a lot of yards, um, and uh, he's the likely candidate to be the the you know after some some off the field issues, he seems to be back in place as the quarterback. But um, he's a guy that could. You know, he may not make any honorable mention or first or second Pac-12 conference, but he may end up with more passing yards than the guys that do. So that's that that was a, a kind of a, a high risk, high reward pick that nobody decided to roll the dice on. Mark, I'm going to kind of go back to what you were talking about, about your uh, the transfer. And uh, I'm this is. This is how much I, I, I have to listen to Oregon Duck football when I spend Thanksgiving down there and go down and see my in-laws is uh, the the transfer quarterback is such a crapshoot. Um, Vernon Adams, if he doesn't get hurt, Oregon's looking at, uh, you know, potentially, you know, making a run at, uh, at a national championship. And then uh, I, I know you remember the name of the quarterback that started – uh, that next year, uh, uh, by the name of Pruka. Yeah. Dakota. And D- Dakota. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I know how that went. So, uh, that's, that's my big, that that's my object lesson. When I think about transfer quarterbacks is it's, it's really feast or famine. I think that's a fair comment, Trevor. And just to reiterate, Kayla, I think you made the the smart pick with Garbers. It's definitely what I would have done. When I was looking at the quarterbacks, I think I felt like there was a clear top three, and then there were about five guys that now we've all mentioned in, in some fashion. I think the next five, to me, could have gone in any in any order. Um, and so if you if you didn't happen to get one of those first three, I think it was kind of how much of a gamble were you willing to take. And yeah, point taken, Trevor. I think anytime you go with the transfer, it's it's up in the air. And, and I think Garbers has shown enough flashes to at least be enthusiastic going into week one, you know. And like point, your last after pick. those top three were taken, I was like, I guess I'm just going to pick a kicker last or a quarterback <laughs> last, I guess, because yeah, I'm right. Gonna... Yeah, I think it was smart. Mark, last one, picking last, but got to pick first on those even number rounds. How, how do you think it fared for you? Yeah, so I feel really great about my quarterback. I've got uh, Keaton Slovis 
who I not, think not as good as your defense that you picked in the first round. Mm. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to them. I'm working my way through the team, so I okay. I, feel, I feel like I definitely have uh, you know the favorite at, at the quarterback position uh, for the running backs. I went with Britton Brown of UCLA and Christopher Brown of Cal. So I kind of stayed away from maybe like the top five running backs on the board. Uh, worked my way further down. Uh, for the receivers, I went with Trevon Bradford of Oregon State and Brian Thompson of Arizona State. So again, I avoided any of those top five receivers. Uh, so, you know, that was, that was really my strategy is, is don't load up on elite running backs and receivers. And, uh, or tight ends. I did, not, I did not get any of the elite tight ends. I, I went with my man, DJ Johnson from Oregon. And then uh, when focusing on the defense, I went in early on what's maybe the third or fourth best defense in the league, and I grabbed uh, the Ducks. And, uh, and then finally, I, I went with Parker Lewis as the kicker, who I do actually, I, I feel pretty good about that. I, I feel like the quarterback and the kicker were really kind of the prizes of my <laughs> class. And I don't think anybody's looking to trade with me for, for any of the, the picks uh, intermixed in there. Trevor might. Trevor might. <laughs> but, yeah. But I just have to ask, if you had picked first, second, or third, would you have still taken a defense? Or would you have done that a little differently? Well, I think my biggest regret is that I didn't get a little more clarification about um, how the points compare positionally. or Because once, once you guys all went in on running backs, I was thinking, I don't think I understand how the scoring works because um, – you know, a lot of college football running backs, they split carries. Like, it's rare to have, like, the 1,500-yard guy anymore. So I was, I, you know, in my mind, I thought it would be five quarterbacks taken right off the bat or four quarterbacks at least, and then, um, and then we'd be kind of figuring it out from there. So uh, I think I'll be interested to kind of monitor how the points are accrued this year. I'm really looking at this as a two-year rebuild, you know. I'm, I'm the new head <laughs> coming in. Oh, and this is a keeper, not... by the way. You're keeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, these are, you know, these are the players that I was given by another coach. You know, I haven't brought my own guys in, but we're going to kind of see, see what they were. No, so, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I make no, uh, no excuses there. I, I could have done my homework, but uh, I, I do think that uh, when I look, especially at the running backs and receivers who I had rated highly, and they're all marked by different guys, it's like, well, I, you know, Warren feels like he executed his plan to perfection. I, I definitely feel like, uh, well, I got the quarterback that I wanted and I got a few ducks to root for. That was Warren's plan all along. He was just, he had, you, y'all had a couple of weeks for this. Like he could have told you so many times, bro, this is how it's going to go. <laughs> but funny, his yeah. worked out well. <laughs> well, Mark, I will say, I think, um, you know, one of the things that I always think about with fantasy is like, if you can find a guy that's like significantly better than the guy below, like than the rest of the tiers below, that's always a win. And I think when you look at what Keaton Slovis did from a statistical standpoint last year, he averaged over a hundred yards uh, per game more than the next guy coming back, which was Dylan Morris. Uh, and he also led the PAC 12 in passing touchdowns. So, you know, again, I think just like with Trevor and uh, with Nick, you know, you're going to ride or die with Keaton Slovis. And, 
you're you're going to have some big games and then you'll have a couple games where he runs into you know Utah or something like that and uh it, it'll be slim pickings but you know uh if you can take the a guy that's significantly better than everybody else at his position it's always uh you know a one up and same thing goes with with Kayla with K Dotton I mean if K Dotton turns out to be you know, the Travis Kelsey of the Pac-12, it's a game-changing pick. Yeah, I. he will be my saving grace. That is for sure. Um, well, as we kind of wrap this up, because it's been so long and I appreciate you guys' time. It's super late and everything like that. Our next piece is to have a team name so that, you know, we can go ahead and have all these and then I also want everybody to kind of include their handles for people to follow. You can even include, you know, podcast handles or anything like that, because like you said, this is going to be hopefully a annual thing as we continue to grow everything. Maybe even next year we'll make the weekly matchups. Who knows? So that, you know, we can win some, we can lose some. And so we'll go ahead and go back with actually the kind of picking order. So Trevor, you first, and then Nick, Warren, and then Mark, you know, include just your handle and then we'll get to team names you know a little bit down the road maybe in like a week or two when we have time to think of something clever so trevor you first where can so you can you can follow me on twitter that's where i do most of my stuff uh is trevor mueller as a, at trevor mueller as i uh fourth and inches a husky podcast is uh coming back in operation hopefully here next week you can catch my stuff on husky maven uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now would either be is probably going to be the Bynum Bunch, um, but we'll see if that one sticks around. I love that you already had these names kind of like that you had planned. That is the most Trevor thing. You always <laughs> prepared, always one step ahead. I love it. So yeah, make sure you give Trevor a follow. And then Nick, you can hopefully have your podcast coming back soon too. So where can people follow you? Yeah, so, um, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore GC4. Um, you know, I love sports just in general, so it's a little more than, you know, just UW or college football stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, if, if you guys, you know, want the Purple Rain podcast to come back or, you know, if you've heard of it before, you know, you can you search it up on Spotify or, or iTunes or, you know, anywhere you find podcasts. And so, you know, I'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for coming on and being that diehard fan kind of around the same age as me so that I'm not the only one, you know, living and breathing over here. And then Warren, you guys also have a great podcast. Where can people find that great content that you and Mark put out all the time? Oh yeah. It's, it's world-class content and uh, yeah, you, you, you don't want to miss it, but no, uh, Mark and I, we've got a, a podcast called the dog and duck show. You can find it on uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and all the other uh, fun podcast sites. Um, so yeah, just search up Dog and Duck Show, uh, D-A-W-G. Um, and uh, my Twitter handle is P-Dub, P-D-U-B-W-D-A-W-G. So P-Dub, W-Dog. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I don't do a ton of posting, but I'm, I'm trolling on, on Twitter all the time. So uh, I love to follow you guys. Follow me in my DMs all the time. So (laughs) I'm kidding. Yeah. 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 So no, uh, yeah. Give it, give me a follow if you want, but, um, uh, yeah. Check out the dog and duck show. 
And then Mark unintentionally, not, I mean, last, unintentionally, but absolutely not least because you're welcome in this friend group all the time. Where can people follow you? Well, similar to Warren, I'm on the, uh, the Dog and Duck show, uh, as Warren just mentioned. And then I also do some writing. I've got a blog, marksmoments.com. And that blog is also uh, syndicated at times uh, when it's uh, college related by uh, sportspack12.com. And I've actually just been in emails with them this week. Uh, and looks like I'm going to be doing a weekly top 25 kind of my my take on the top 25 that will uh, will hit their website uh, every week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday or so. Um, and you can find me on uh, Twitter at, at Mark Moments as well. But uh, similar to Warren, I haven't been, uh, been very active on that front other than reading what other people are saying. But uh, MarksMoments.com is the best way to, to get in touch with my writing over the course of the season. Thank you so much, everybody, for taking the time to do the research and spend the last hour and a half with me kind of going over this draft for all the listeners to get really excited about the season, their players, their teams, however they kind of get ready for this season. I am so excited to see what everybody does, but until then, our listeners, go ahead and let us know in the comments what you think about these picks. Who would you have taken first overall? Which team do you think comes out on top? Which team you think comes out on bottom? anybody but me, right? <laughs> you can go ahead and stay up to date at everything going on. You can check out other articles and everything like that, si.com slash college slash Washington, along with all these other handles that were just shared with you. I'll go ahead and link those below. Until next time, I'm Kayla Olin. Go dogs.